Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back and OMG, oh my gosh, I sound like a nine-year-old, I wonder why that is, <laughs> but OMG, have we had a wild and crazy week. In case you guys didn't know it, Julie and I were, uh, we rang the bell at NASDAQ uh, as special guests of Glenn Sanford and the executives at EXP Realty, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of little interesting surprises came from that. <laughs> Mostly, we were outside on the Jumbotron in Times Square, as in our, you know, like we were a picture of us, along with Glenn and our good friends, Orlando and Danny Montiel, were standing, uh, you know, there on this, I don't even know how many, how tall this is. A digi- Jumbo Jumbotron, yes, well, huge, I, How many stories tall. do you think that thing was? It had to be 100. It was huge. It yeah. was awesome, though. It, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, you know, for a couple poor kids from Central Ohio to all of a sudden be, you know, on Times Square ringing the bell at NASDAQ. IRL. Yeah, in real life. In there real you life. go. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I know a lot of you enjoyed that experience with us um, through Instagram and whatnot. If you want to see those pictures, um, yeah, you, some of you are commenting that we look like we're a little bit like, uh, you know, deers in the head, deer in the headlights. That That's pretty accurate. Indeed. <laughs> Never done that before. Never. Yeah, exactly. Never done that before. Exactly. So yes, uh, you can find all of our pictures from our little adventure over on Instagram. And that, of course, is at Tim and Julie Harris. So today's podcast, we are focusing on, is there going to be a housing crash? Longtime listeners, you guys know that there's not going to be one. But how do you actually know if there's going to be a housing crash? Now, what Julie did is she wrote down, let me look, one, two, eight questions. Mm-hmm. And these are questions that you're going to want to write down. These are questions that you're going to want to share with your, um, if you're a team leader or a broker or, you know, your agent friends. Um, frankly, if you're working with uh, buyers or sellers, these are the actual filters or the questions that you need to be familiar with. So you can actually logically answer the question, what's going on in your market? That's right. And this is particularly important because the markets are not all shifting at the same rate. So from town to town, even within your town, you're going to have different things happening. So these are the questions for you to be introspective about. Take stock of your local market. All real estate is very local, even hyper-local within your town. Point number one, write this down. Review your current and coming soon listings and buyers. Why are they buying or selling? Do you have a single solitary quote, distressed client? On the seller side, what Julie is asking for you, again, we are getting, all of us are getting beaten upside the head and down the other with all of these ill-informed, I don't even want to use the word I was actually thinking, but it rhymes with jackass. But so all those people (laughs) who are telling you guys the real estate market's going to crash, Julie has been doing hours of research and you were just listening to a podcast. Who was the economist? Yes, uh, Logan Montashami, who is on Housing Wire. I write for Housing Wire as well, so I listen to a lot of their stuff. He uh, gives a lot of facts and stats and talks about the fact that you've got to look around in your own market and see what evidence you have or don't have and to not fall prey, as we often talk to you about on podcasts, 
don't fall prey to the salacious headlines. And I'll tell a story about that later from a coaching call. Well, the real bottom line here, guys, is just pay attention to what's actually happening in your numbers and don't listen to people that are in essence. There's a lot of people that are just trying to sell you something. We've talked about that a lot before. REO lists and short sale designations and all these things have a place, but not in this market because there's not enough opportunity. Uh, now, where could all this go south is if there is a massive unprecedented uptick in unemployment. Now you're hearing all these headlines. Oh, what about all these tech jobs? And I know our friends and coaching clients in uh, San Francisco Bay Area, you guys are seeing what uh, home asking prices fall. And if yes, they purchased their house in the first half of 2022 and they have to sell. Yeah, maybe they're selling it for less than they paid for it. But those numbers are just a drop in the bucket compared to what's going on nationally. And I know the headlines, Amazon's laying off people, you know, all these other companies are laying off people. Did you take the time, dear listener, to find out the types of people that are losing their jobs? The types of people are losing their jobs at Amazon in particular, because I have done this homework for all of you, are, for example, HR people that were hired back in 2020 to, uh, they were hired to then uh, recruit and hire agent, agents, listen to me, hire <laughs> and recruit people to work for Amazon. So now that Amazon is no longer uh, the essentially the surge of consumerism that started post-COVID, is now that's going back to normal rates, they don't need all those employees and they don't need the people that hired all those employees. So those are the people, again, that are losing their jobs. And that's true with most of these major companies. And you're going to discover, if you really dig into it, what's happening is these companies are not, they're laying off the excess amount of employees, excessive amount of employees, but the excess number of employees that they uh, hired for the sake of, obviously, uh, meeting a market that is no longer really there because things are falling back into a normal pattern of buying and selling in regards to real estate or with regards to Amazon, things like that. So point number and, two, Julie. And that's right. And don't make the assumption that that person automatically can't get reemployed either. Exactly. So point number two is related to what you just said. Do you personally, listener, read or hear or see layoffs or firings in your town or are there actually lots of companies hiring? You might have both. Nationwide, we still have historically low unemployment but maybe you have localized layoffs. So what is it? Like less than 3%, right? Less than three and a half. That's yeah, right. Yeah, unemployment. Mm -hmm. Julie's uh, the numbers person in our relationship, if you guys haven't figured that out yet, after you know thousands and thousands of podcasts. So point number three, what's happening with real estate development? Do you see new subdivisions, new retail, new multifamily construction, or do you see a lot of auction properties? So auction properties would be you know, like when you're driving down the street, do you mm -hmm. see signs in the front yards like we did back in 07, 08, 09, what you're saying, this house will be up for auction. No, you are not, to answer my own question. Or half-built new construction or things that are boarded up, locked up. We used to call them see-throughs in Las Vegas where the windows had never gone in. Now, one of our friends actually develops land in Arizona mm -hmm. who sells to the big builders. And Julie and I were talking with him just this morning. And he said the big builders have stopped buying land to develop specifically in Arizona because a lot of them are sitting on excessive amounts of inventory. Now, we're going to do a podcast and we're going to do it probably next week. We really want to do some drill down research for all of you. But what we're now believing is happening and what we believe has happened is that the bottom is in and now housing is going to start rebounding despite the rising interest rates. Because, and again, we've been saying this for two years, really longer than that. We do not believe, no matter how much the people in the headlines want you to believe, we do not believe the interest rates are going to be able to go much higher than they did when they ticked up close to 8%. Because there's $32 trillion of debt, and when the Fed raises rates, they also uh, raise the amount of money they have to pay to the bondholders for all that debt. I know that's very nerdish, and we've done past podcasts on that, 
but there is a limit to how much the uh, interest rates will increase to the point where the government will not be able to afford to pay the interest on the $32 trillion of debt. Now, I'll tell you something else Julie and I were just discussing. There seems to be an unbelievable amount of hype about all this doom and gloom in the economy, despite the fact that a lot of us aren't really even seeing even minor evidence of this, aside from inflation, right? And so why is that happening this year, Julie? Well, why is that happening? I think that there is a push for us to, if we're going to have a recession, to get through it quickly, because guess what? Next year is an election year. That's one reason. Or get people to act as if there is a recession. That way the Fed, who does, and again, this is kind of a conspiratory theory we have, and we're trying to validate or invalidate it, but we we do not believe the Fed has much more room to raise rates, number one. Number two, because they don't, they're out of bullets. They, there's not very much else they can do really to slow the economy down. Mm -hmm. And so what they're going to most likely do and what it feels like is happening are all the talking heads, all the people that are running the news sources, all this are all talking about the doom and gloom. Have you noticed that, listener? I bet you have. So what they're probably trying to do is make people act as if there were a recession, even though there's no recession, so that they can then have a way out of what will probably be a return of some very serious right. inflation. And claim recovery, yep. especially going into an election year, for example. But here's the thing. You have all those headlines, and yet the topic of this podcast is to look around personally and take stock of, is any of that actually true? Point number four, are mortgage applications up or down in your town? Nationwide, we have had an increase in mortgage applications for two weeks in a row. Now, that doesn't seem like a ton, but remember, we're pulling out of the holiday season. We have seasonal slowdowns. And we are on an upward swing of mortgage applications. Now, those are purchase applications. And do you remember? Can you define it? I like don't have a percent for you other right. than they're increasing week over week. And oddly enough, so are home equity lines of credit. And there's been a little bit of an increase in refinances. That's right. And so the people that did, that you did sell houses to, that did take a higher interest rate, um, maybe they were in the sevens or whatever, you need to call them and say, look, refi now into that 5% rate. And if rates go down again, refi again. And that, so there's going to be all the people who are thinking, like I heard um, our friend Peter Schiff, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to one of his parties, so I got to be careful what I say so he doesn't <laughs> disinvite us. Right. But I heard him talking about all the adjustable rate mortgages. The percent of adjustable rate mortgages that were issued in the first half of 2022 are like basically 12, like it's total. virtually nothing. There's virtually nothing. So to think there's going to be all these, you know, grenades with a pin well, pulled in the in, form in yeah. the form of adjustable rate mortgages, and like there were back in 07, 08, 09, is just not statistically true. That's right. And in fact, when you look at over the past 15 years, not just the past three to five years, all of those mortgages that have a range of, let's say, two and three quarters, somebody that works for us has a two and three quarters mortgage up to, uh, say, you know, 4%, four and a half. They're, those really low Who rates. Who has a two and three quarters? Tom does. Tom has a two and three quarters? I believe that's what he said. That's yeah. insane. Locked in 30 years. He better right? never sell that house. Seriously. We Ugh. had that conversation. So uh, if you look at the culmination of all those 15 years worth of up or down the scale, but really by and large low interest rates, it's less than 10% that are adjustable. Now, when you compare that to 2005, 6, and 7, it is radically different. I believe that was something like 82 or 83% had some level of adjustability to it. And remember, back then, you couldn't just refi if you felt like it because you didn't have the equity because prices had fallen. So, so lots of factors. Julie has um, 15 uh, personal clients. And these personal clients are generally coaching clients of hers for a long period of time. 
And we, Julie hand selects who she wants to work with, frankly. Uh, we, Julie and I used to be production coaches where you'd have 60 or 70, you know, private coaching calls per week. No more. Julie keeps on the, uh, you know, keeps a small schedule because of the fact that she wants to stay on top of what's actually happening in some of the, you know, frankly, the most successful agents businesses across the country. See, she does not have two agents in Omaha. She does not have two agents in, you know, any particular geographic area because we want firsthand frontline actual boots on the ground experience of what's happening. Julie, were any of your coaching calls this week, were any of those agents experiencing anything other than a great market? Only if you're Canadian. Yeah, Other than that's that, right. and I think that they're they're on the edge of uh, settling down and pulling out of that. Just I, I think that they're trailing by maybe three or four months, and that'll change. But oddly enough, you ask this, I ask questions like this on my coaching calls, and I will tell you, the only evidence of anything even remotely distressed, I wouldn't even call this distressed, was one of our coaching clients has somebody that bought during the high interest rate months, and I think their rate was like almost seven percent they paid when prices were still high. So they had a high rate and they paid over list at the same time. And they just decided they didn't like the house and want to do something else. Rather than refinance, they're going to try and find something else. Now, I don't define that as distressed because nope. probably by the time it sells, they're going to be at least even Stephen, and they're not owing more than the house is worth. They just want to make a change. That's the only, the one instance that I've heard of anybody selling for something sounding a little funky. Uh, just, uh, we, I do want to go on the record. Julie and I are predicting that there is going to be a, a noticeable return of inflation in a lot of consumer items, and housing is going to be one of them. So if you have somebody who did buy a house, and you are in San Francisco in the first half of 2022, and they do have to sell the home for whatever reason, they just got laid off, and they need to move back to wherever they came from, Fine. And they're essentially, if they with selling fees, they can only sell it for what they paid for it because, again, they haven't stayed in it long enough. Here's my advice for you to give to them. Tell them to rent the house out for a year because inflation is going to basically pull them out of uh, yes. breaking even, and they're probably going to make money on the house. That is your mm -hmm. essentially your worst-case scenario that is unlike back in 07, 08, 09, where the prices kept on falling, where no one wanted to catch a falling knife, where there was no reason to believe that there was going to be any return to a, of appreciation in the near term. You guys, if you weren't in the real estate business then, trust me when I tell you, <laughs> it's nothing like today. Not a damn thing. Right now in the Country, there are less than a million homes for sale. Back then, there were enough homes for everybody and their dog for sale. <laughs> and their dog's dog. Yeah, their dog's exactly. Dog. So speaking of which, related to that is number five, what are the average days in the market where you sell real estate? Are they going up or down? In most areas, they're going slightly up, but we're talking about the difference between 30 days on the market and maybe 60 days on the market, and things are still selling. Now, you might take one price reduction sometimes to get there, but we're not seeing you know, six months on the market and only one showing over the past four months. We're not seeing that. And be very cautious, skeptical, or frankly, even um, angry at people that try to conflate a, a reduction in an asking price with falling prices. Those are not the same damn thing. If you want to actually use real terms, Falling prices in the, for the sake of basically real estate distress, to Julie's original point, would be somebody bought it and now they have to sell it for less than they paid for it. That's where the distress comes in. If you're having to lower your asking price, you are just overpriced. Welcome to Real Estate 101. Totally different. And remember, guys, we're sharing a lot of interesting statistics with you, and I'm giving you these talking points so you can talk that to your buyers and your sellers. So if they've been watching CNN or whatever, and they're having their heads full of all this doom and gloom stuff, you need to counterbalance it with facts. So, so here's another interesting little statistical fact for you guys. Of all the homes in the United States, Julian has these numbers memorized. I'm going to round up. 
Half of them are actually owned outright with no loans. Of the other homes, of the other 50% that have loans, most of those homes have at least 50%, right around 50% equity in those homes. I'm rounding up on that one too. Mm -hmm. And of the ones that, of those 50% that have mortgages, the average mortgage rate is somewhere like 3.3% or something. It's outrageously low. Those people have won the real estate lottery. That's exactly right. There's no distress in a market like that, listeners. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, you think about the reasons that people sell. You don't just sell just because prices are adjusting to something that's not crazy anymore. That doesn't just make you want to go sell. So you've got to keep this in perspective. Speaking of which, point number seven, keep an eye, and you can do this through your hot sheet and your MLS, which price ranges are seeing price reductions? Are the reductions noticeable or just a token reduction? Sometimes you'll open your hot sheet and you'll see there were 50 price reductions. Well, why was that? And you open it up further and you see, well, that was a subdivision where the builder had just reduced everything by $5,000 a house. Nothing radical. They're just trying to move inventory. And remember, guys, if you want to learn these scripts, you want to learn what to say. If you want to, by the way, expired listings, no doubt that's the single best opportunity right now in this real estate industry of ours, expired listings. If you want to learn how to be an expired listing hunter, if you want to learn how to, you know, frankly, do everything you need to do to build a scalable real estate business, you want to build a team, we've got you covered. You want to, you know, work on your branding, you want to learn how to proactively lead generate. We have made it simple for you. All you have to do is join Premier Coaching for free. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. So go ahead and enter in the number 47372 into your, you know, your, your cell phone, into your text widget, and then just text the word Premier, and then we'll text you back a link, and you can join Premier Coaching for free, and that gives you access to all the content that you could possibly need to really turbocharge your business into the spring market, but also you get a daily semi-private coaching call. If you'd like to just go to the website directly, that's fine as well. Just go to premiercoaching.com. That's premiercoaching.com. Guys, do this urgently. There's still time for you to have an amazing spring market, but you've got to put some things in place so that you are essentially the right agent at the right time with the right skill set. Text the word Premier to 47372 or go to premiercoaching.com. Remember when texting matches and data rates may apply. Okay, so here's something I want everybody to memorize. And this is the phrase that I was looking for. You and I often will point out the fact that home prices are inflating, appreciating, the value of a home is going up. That's too complicated to roll all that into a fact that prices are going up. Okay, so people are screaming, prices are falling, prices are falling. Okay, memorize this phrase. The growth rate of pricing is slowing. That's good. The growth rate of pricing is slowing. That is much more accurate it's easier to say. You don't have to compare appreciation versus inflation and talk about statistics. S simply remember the growth rate, how fast pricing is going up, is simply slowing. That is not the same as prices are falling or crashing. Yeah, it just so isn't. That's not going to be a headline. That's not clickbaitish, uh, uh, clickbaity enough to get someone to click on CNBC. So that's the reason that they, frankly, are manipulating the facts to get mm -hmm. people to just essentially click on the headlines. Um, yeah, so there it is. I love that, Julie. So you're saying when talking to a buyer or a seller and they're trying to basically understand what's actually happening in housing, you simply say the growth rate of asking prices or pricing is slowing, which, you know, frankly, is good news for really anybody. For a seller, it's good news because the pricing are the... You it's know, still growing. It's still growing. It's just not growing at the same pace, which for buyers is going to motivate them as well. That's exactly right. So it's it. growing enough that I want to buy and take advantage of the fact that it's going up, but it's not going up at such staggering paces that I'm now I'm going to feel like I'm massively overpaying. This is called stabilization. Yep. 
Okay, so we've been waiting for that. Absolutely, would I mean I really think it's good all overall because what we're doing is we're finding a little bit longer days in the market. We're finding more reasonable pricing without a crash or anything like that. We're finding buyers have a little bit more power, but sellers still have some pushback. Sometimes there's still multiple offers. It is starting to feel like a normal market, but I have to say it's still definitely favoring, even though there are a ton of expired listings, that it's definitely favoring the sellers because in all major markets, with frankly the exception of uh, new construction, Mm -hmm. it's still very much a seller's market when it comes to most resale. Just not as radical. Right. So point number eight, inventory. Is your inventory rising or falling? Homes for sale is inventory for those of you who are new. That's right. Uh, nationwide, we've dropped below a million active listings. Some of that is seasonal. It's winter. Some of it is because there's no housing crash. No one is selling their homes because they're distressed. Again, literally less than 1%. That to me is virtually no one. One Less than 1% of all the homeowners with mortgages are uh, distressed homeowners. Again, the, that's right. Yeah. Now, let me give you a quick example before we run out of time of how, let's say that you've reviewed all these facts and you're really clear what's happening in your market. And you personally don't believe that there's any housing Armageddon happening. Here's how this manifests itself. Hot off the presses from a coaching call yesterday with one of our great agents in Phoenix. She had a lead, let's call it a what? Say her name so she can get referrals. Jeannie Andolfini. Jeannie Andolfini. In Phoenix. Is she with EXP with us or is she with a different? She's with a different brokerage, but I think she's Sotheby's. Um, But she is in Phoenix and does a really great job. Now, she has a seller who wants to buy because they want a bigger house. And let's say it's around a million going to a million and a half. So this is a good chunk of business, right? Sophisticated person, you know, working, nothing distressed about it, just want to move to a different neighborhood. Now, this very, excuse me, very same seller texts her an article from their Phoenix News uh, site. Think about like your nightly news at six type of thing, right? And the, the salacious headline is, quote, Phoenix home prices could dive just like in 2008, Okay. And of course, if you're anybody thinking about moving, you're going to open that and freak out. Well, either the seller, the potential seller, didn't read through it or didn't digest it or have somebody translate it. This is where all of you listeners come in, being a professional and translating what's actually happening, thus the eight questions you got today. Okay. You read down and there's all kinds of things further down, like second page of the article that says, well, but we don't really think that it's going to be like 2008 because none of the factors are really the same that are there. We just think there's going to be some adjustments and it might might feel like 2008. But it was buried in the article. It was buried. It was the salacious headline that freaked her seller out that potentially is trying to wreck about two and a half million dollars worth of transactions for her and their, excuse me, fantasy move up to a different neighborhood. That's how you're going to be dealing with a shifting, changing market is that people are getting confusing information from the media versus you and you translating for your prospects and clients these eight questions. Well, what is actually happening in your marketplace? So Jeannie and I went through the comps together and we saw that, yes, there's a little bit more competition if they're going to sell, but they're still going to be okay. There's homes that they can choose from. And no, there's, I mean, I don't think she found a single distressed example in her MLS with regards to comps for those houses. Honestly, Julia, it truly makes me suspicious. And I know I, I, there's people listening with my little conspiracy theory about there being an organized approach to make people act as if they're a recession. Well, come up with a different reason if you've got one. I can't. And listeners, if you can, yeah. you please explain please. to me how there can be this many people who are supposed to be smart maybe they're not smart, uh, being this blissfully ignorant about what's happening in the real estate market. How there can be this many people who, frankly, we're told are experts, who are so willfully passing along bad information, 
that and it, frankly a third grader we have a third grader right <laughs> and we asked zoe we would know and, and she she completely understood it on first blush mm-hmm. right so why are these all these economists and experts and news headlines all spouting off information that is just a lie help me understand listeners <laughs> let us know share in your comments if you're on youtube let us know what your theory is if we're off base, if we're missing something, hey, we're open to criticism. Well, and keep it in perspective too, right? So it may feel recessiony to you or housing crash e to you if you have only experienced a hot seller's market with competitive offers where buyers waived everything and sellers had all the control. In other words, if you were not in the business back in 07, 08, 09, respectfully with love, I say this, you do not know what a real estate crash feels like. This does not feel like a real estate crash. My lovely wife and I have been in this business for more than two decades, and I can promise you we've been through four, maybe five recessions and one major real estate crash. It doesn't feel like this. Yes, only getting three offers instead of 30 is not a crash. Exactly. Okay, selling for 95% of list instead of 105 or 125% of list is not a crash. That's right. So listen, a lot of you are looking to upgrade your brokerage experience. As I alluded to at the top of our uh, podcast today, Julie and I are proudly associated with eXp Realty. If you are considering moving up and upgrading your brokerage experience and you're thinking about eXp Realty or, or any other brokerage, matter of fact, Let's have a conversation about eXp. Let Julie and I just show uh, show you why eXp is most definitely the smartest next move for you and why we'd be honored to be your eXp Realty sponsor. So if you've not already chosen your eXp Realty sponsor and you'd like to speak with us, I made it easy for you. Text the letters. You can do it one of two ways. Text the letters EXP to 47372. Text the letters EXP to 47372. That is our uh, EXP uh a group's website. You can read about all the benefits of joining with Julie and I at eXp. Or if you're ready to join, ready to land the plane, you can text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206, um, and just put in the letters uh, eXp and just tell me a little bit about yourself. And <laughs> I had three people text me this week, and every single one of them didn't believe it was me that was going to be responding to them. It is really me responding. I actually like having calls like that. I actually like helping you guys move over to eXp. Some of you seem to find that surprising, but if you were over at eXp and you were having conversations where people were really excited and encouraged and optimistic, you'd like doing those calls too. So text the letters eXp to 47372 if you want to see our site and just get gather information. That's if you're just in the information gathering phase. If you're ready to land the plane, you've made a decision, you want to join eXp, We'd be honored to be considered as your sponsors at eXp. Text me directly, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We're going to have, I don't even know, three, 400,000 downloads this month and another probably 100,000 listens. Uh, our YouTube channel is taking off. Why? Because the information, what we're saying is practical and tactical, puts all of you in a position to help people and make money because of this market. Thank you for allowing Julie and I to live our professional's life mission and service to all of you. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.